0: Hey everybody, welcome in. Welcome into the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast, the first one of the year for 2022. I'm James Adams, he's Skeeter Robinson. Skeeter, it is the second event of the year, the Sony Open. We did have the Century Tournament of Champions last week, which also took place in Hawaii, but this is the first full field event and our first go at the podcast this, uh, this year. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of that good stuff. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm uh, doing better. Um, not that my golf picks were really good. Um, you know, I, I cashed on Thrive on day one. On Thursday was a Patrick Reed birdie on 18. If he had uh, if he had made birdie on 18, I would have won the $500 contest, settled for 50. I mean, it burned the edge, so he gave it a chance, especially after where his second shot was. Um, right, that wasn't very good. Uh, rest of the week just did not. And I was even cashing in DraftKings after the first day. Had Cam Smith, I just didn't have anybody with him, which is uh, nothing shocking for me. So, um, yeah, so it was it was fun to watch, but just was not very good for me. Uh, I know you had some success on Thrive on Sunday.
0: Actually, three of the four days on Thrive, I cast. I had one wrong pick on Friday and that kept me from cashing. I, I think with how easy this play, this course was playing, uh, you and I were in the $20 tournament, which was usually a 55 person entry or whatever, so not a huge sample size, but in the way this course was playing with the few number of players in the tournament, a lot of people were on the same picks, which, you know, when it's four and a half over under on birdie plus eagle, and the course was playing so easy, everybody was on the overs that, yeah, I think I had one wrong pick out of 20 picks this week, cashed on three of the four. Maybe I had uh, a wrong pick on thursday and still cashed i could be wrong but yeah it was uh just out of first on the massive tie for first and uh on saturday was like 12 people tied for first and on sunday i was one of the six i think six people that tied for first so did pretty good there i was actually doing killer on DraftKings. i never sent you the screenshot i was in first place oh. in a uh five dollar sing i no, it wasn't a single entry it was a multi-entry but at any rate the uh the uh the payout was 50, uh, one thousand dollars for the five dollar entry. Mm-hmm. I was at, uh, I was in first place, and at one point on Saturday night, and I was like, you know, I just know how these tournaments go. Yep. I just know I can't get that excited about it. I think the lineup cashed for eight dollars, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, I think it was RSM a couple of years ago. Yeah, I had a was winning like five hundred going into Sunday. Like I, you know, Brendan Todd trying to go for the three P, three in a row, and I think I ended up winning like eighty bucks. I was so mad.
0: Yeah, I I just knew I was like, I know how these tournaments are like I wasn't even cashing when the day started. So I just knew better and by yesterday, fortunately, I had a decent football lineup that made me break even on DraftKings as as a whole this week. Uh, But I hit the book, too, with Cam Smith. So I'm not going to lie, off to a pretty good start myself after uh, week one in Kapalua. And as I think we can both agree, how awesome was it to just sit back and look at, I don't know about you, it was snowy here, it was disgusting here, and it was beautiful at Kapalua. And of course, they're doing these like comparisons. It's 80 degrees there while it's also, it was like 35 in Boston like four in minnesota or something minneapolis i was like yeah that's exactly why i'm watching the replay today
1: yeah no i mean i i mean i just love kapalua just the it's sights beautiful. And, you know it's especially you see like the mountains or the yeah the mountains in the background with, with the ocean and just the greenery and, and even this week at sony uh i forget what hole it is i want to say it's 16 or 17 to par three right alongside the ocean if like you see the you see the ocean, tree, the beach, the trees, and it's like a par three, and they just zoom in every year on it. It's just such a, I love, I love watching it.
0: I think you're talking about the uh, the W tree that they have this year. I think they like they grew some, not the W tree, but there's because this this coming one is at Wailea, right? And it, and yes. I believe there is. This is the course where they have like the palm trees that are somewhat at an angle, and they now make a W after oh. they've grown up. This is this course, right? Or am I uh, am I uh, hallucinating here?
1: I don't know about the W part, but I mean that would make sense.
0: I think it is. Let's keep an eye out for this week. I think it is. I'm starting to think like I finally, uh, I finally watched for so many years in a row. I'm starting to know the courses before I even see them.
1: Right. Well, yeah. No, no kidding. Like I, said, <laughs> I just remember that. Just whatever that par three is. I think it's on the back. It's like a tough green to hit to. But um, yeah. No, it'll be fun to watch the second week in a row. Um. You know, obviously I have a feeling Saturday afternoon golf will not be your focus.
0: Well, no, I should uh, most assuredly be at the game, but hopefully I'll be watching a little golf afterwards because I will be at the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals at 430 on Sunday or Saturday. That is correct.
1: How happy were you that the Raiders ended up winning that game? Because I think I would assume you'd rather take a chance with the Raiders and the Patriots.
0: (sighs) the Bengals beat the snot out of the Raiders earlier in the year. So a part of me says, ah, you know, I hate the, the, I hate the, the angry team. That's got all the good film to watch while the Bengals don't have good film on the Raiders because they didn't do anything well. Right. So maybe their best things are still hidden in the, uh, in in the playbook. So I, I want the Raiders. I mean, honestly, I would prefer to play the Raiders, but, um, you know, my sentiment, even going into last week, because the Bengals, of course, didn't play uh, Joe Burr or some of their best players against Cleveland, didn't really go for the win. My sentiment had kind of been, I, I trust, like, this team is just good and Burrow's different. I've felt that way since day one with him, that uh, if you want to make a run, you got to beat everybody. And uh, I, I, that was a sentiment on local talk as well. But it's it, it kind of resonated with me that whoever they play, they play. If you want to make a run, you got to beat everybody.
1: Yeah, um... I would also think though that, you know, getting the Raiders off a of full overtime now on a short week. Yeah. It's got extra be a, short. I mean, that's a nice advantage for Cincinnati.
0: I think there's a ton of advantages there. I mean, a uh, an emotional game, uh, a team that had everything to play for. We all, we you know, we obviously know they're short-handed when it comes to losing rugs earlier than the year best receiver on the team potentially. I mean, Hunter Renfro's uh, make a case for that. They're a short waller right now, so offensively they're not the greatest team. But I worry about those defensive ends because the Bengals don't pass rush very well. And you know, if you get the Burrow, it's look. I'm not trying to say Burrow Brady this and that. Oops. I don't to just see this team overachieve and be there. Yeah,
1: sorry, sorry, I lost you for a second. So I was making sure that was a. So if there's a little bit of a brief, sorry, uh, I had a bad connection, but yeah, um,
0: I was, I was just ranting about the Bengals and how much I love them.
1: Well, you know, they're, they're your team. It's been what, um, 91 is the last time they won a playoff game. I think I saw earlier today. Isn't
0: this a golf podcast? What are you talking about? What are you doing here? You're hurting my feelings. Yes, that's accurate. And you know who it was that? They last uh, the their that started that streak. They lost to the Raiders when Bo Jackson uh hurt, or maybe it was their last win. And it was it's been considered the curse of Bo Jackson around here because that was uh, the game where his hip was uh, injured and basically ended his football career. It was a Bengals playoff game with the Raiders back in that season of '91. Oh, interesting. So hopefully, there's some coming full circle uh, this Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean the path is the path is life free. I think so.
0: i I believe it. Look, so since we're on this topic, I'll be honest with you. I filled my bracket out, and I have the Bengals in the conference championship game losing to the Chiefs, because um, I think they can go to Tennessee and win there mm-hmm. too. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I do think there's a path, and I, then I worry about the rebound from the Chiefs uh, and finishing the game against them. But let's let's get to round three before I get too uh, too out of myself.
1: Hey, it's the AFC. If you're if you're in the AFC playoffs, you're live. That's basically. That's
0: it. absolutely true. Given the way every week the front runner has seemed to to step out, step aside, and damn it, Tennessee didn't almost do it. Only beating Houston by three.
1: Oh, I should have stuck with Davis Mills in my main lineup. Anyway, that's you know this is. You know, let's, let's get back to golf.
0: Fair enough. Well, we talked about Kapalua, and I think we've got all our takeaways from the beauty that is Kapalua, but the PGA Tour does stay in Hawaii, and it goes to Wildlife Country Club in Honolulu, Hawaii. A much different course here, Skeeter. It's a par 70, so three fewer strokes uh, to get against the course each day. It's a 7,440-yard course, so a much different animal. We're talking about not nearly the change of elevations that we saw at Kapalua, and it's a shorter course as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's just over 7,000 yards. It's par 70. Only two par fives, 9 and 18. Very scorable. Fairways are kind of small, but the rough isn't up, so hitting fairways isn't exactly a a huge deal. Um, Looking at the cut lines in the past, usually the past few years has been kind of one, two under. It was three under last year. I think you had an outlier in 2020 where it was two over, but I believe there was some wind that year being right on the ocean usually wind isn't that big of a factor but apparently it was so you know check later in the week you know wednesday night thursday morning to kind of see on the wind um this is in hawaii so that means that the um the start time is gonna be a little bit later than we're used to for most tournaments so probably be like 11 eastern maybe noon i don't know what time they'll start but It'll be, a little, it'll be a lot uh, later than we're used to. So even Thursday morning, you know, if, if it looks like there could be a weather advantage, you know, keep an eye up until that point.
0: Especially, I mean, look, uh, you and I both playing on the Thrive contest now. If you're going to be hitting those up, I mean, you can take a peek and see, you know, the the advantage there because you're only making five picks. It's not like redoing an entire lineup as we go through the salary cap stuff, too. So I'm with you. I think this is a time of year where, especially for me, as we talked about pre-recording, that uh, my lawn care business is in the uh, doldrum. So I'm just kind of kicking it, and that's definitely the thing I'm going to be doing on Thursday with, when I have the I have the you know the leisure time to just do so. But yeah, definitely checking on things Thursday morning because. That tournament start much later to our sunrise for the most part for people listening than where it will actually be played.
1: Also, um, I don't know if you do this or anything, you know maybe a couple of you who are listening to do this and maybe you weren't paying attention last week. Uh, PGA Tour Live is now part of ESPN Plus. So if you have been doing it on NBC Sports, uh, it has moved to ESPN Plus. Uh, if you're already get that i think there's some hulu disney plus espn plus package that you can get that um it's on there and you know they showed a lot of golf um you know it wasn't just the feature group they they did they had a feature group but they showed other shots so i kind of like the approach they're taking and apparently i think they're going to show a lot more once they get back to the continental u.s
0: very interesting very interesting well are we ready to get into uh to not necessarily the field but get into the stats that we're looking at here as we get into the sony open
1: yeah so i'm looking basically some of the usuals tee to green approach uh greens a regulation i'm going to go with the fantasy national opportunities gained you know basically anything within 15 feet a 15 foot putt or something on the fringe birdies approximately uh, from 175 to 200 kind of i think uh That's where a lot of shots came from. And then the par 400 to 500, of the – I believe it's 10 of the poles range from four to 500 yards. A little bit of par 5 and a little bit of putting because putting does kind of rear its head here a little bit. So those are kind of the uh, areas I'm looking at. Um, listening to Pat Mayo this, you know, earlier this week already. He said six of the seven past winners here played in the tournament of champions. Cam Smith was the only one who did not. A recent winner who did not play the tournament champion. So, I don't know if that necess- I don't think that rules out people who didn't play, but could be a little bit of an advantage. And he even pointed out, like last year, Kevin Nahn, a few years ago, Kucher when they won, didn't exactly play well at the tournament champion. So somebody like Coke Rack, who he was, he was on my roster. is probably why he didn't finish very well because he was near the bottom. That doesn't necessarily mean he can't come here and win
0: interesting that is very interesting so uh, that kind of plays into the one thing I wanted to ask you before we got into the field is how much do you weigh in to recent form because as you look into statistics where you say last 12 rounds that's going back into the fall swing you know it's not very recent that's pre-holiday so how much recent form how far are you going back um if at all
1: so yeah it's one of the things I struggle with this time of year it's also why I think I you know Beginning of the year, I've never done great in this Hawaii and California swing. Usually it takes to like waste management for me to kind of get a feel on things. So I'm looking at my main model at 36 rounds, and I have a rolling model, just you know where they rank overall. It goes from four to 100 rounds, just to try and get an idea. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell because again, we've been we've had a month off. We've had some golfers who may have only played once since the tour championship. Um, so I really don't know.
0: Fair enough. Are we ready to get into the field?
1: Yes. Um, interesting. I think pricing came out and immediately had a big withdrawal, even though I was kind of curious to see how Bryson would have played here at such a short, tight course.
0: Yeah. So do do note that there were several players. If you've already set a lineup as we record this on a Monday evening, there are already some players in the field that have withdrawn. So Bryson is one of them as we get into the 10 K plus tier as he was going to be the second highest player at 10, eight, but he's out. So our top uh, tier, the 10 K plus, it starts with cam Smith, who won here, I think, a couple years ago, and then is also the the winner of the event in Hawaii last week at Kapalua. He's 11-2. Then it's Adeki Matsuyama, 10-6. Webb Simpson's, 10-5. Sung J.M.'s, 10-3. Mark Leishman's, 10-K. Even Skeeter, who's your favorite play here?
1: Um, I have two. One of those is kind of like my initial um gut play, because I, I thought he played pretty well the tournament of champions. And I was actually you know, I actually don't mind this price. Ten thousand on Mark Leishman. Uh finished tenth. He was he was up the, he was he was kinda hanging around, at least for the consolation prize, a third because, you know, Rom and Cam Smith were on their own little planet, but uh Game Strokes putty, Game Strokes and approach, lost around the green, slightly concerning, but Leishman's been playing well, played well in the fall, fourth at Fortinet, third at Shriners, 19th at Houston, thirty eighth at the CJ Cup, like He's been playing well, fits that narrative of having previously, you know, played the week before, coming and winning. You know, even if it does get a little windy, you know, he has that Australian narrative. Uh, eighth in my mile passed past 24 rounds, 10th over the last eight rounds. Uh, key stats for Leishman, number one proximity from 150 to 175. Eighth in buries, better eighth in putting, which I can't believe that one. 20th opportunities gain, really outside of the par force, from 450 to 500. Ranks pretty well in everything else. I think 10000 is a really nice price on him. So he is probably my favorite.
0: You are preaching to the choir, uh, Tip Leishman-Lager, because he's my number two oh, play. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm a Mark Leishman guy. I love him. Uh, he was in the lineup I had that was looking great at one point on... Uh, Saturday, had and I had him at the book as well. So I'm with you. Leishman's my number two, but I'm going Sung J.M. Um, oh. I know that one of the comp courses we've talked about, uh, maybe not today, but in the past, is Honda where Sung J.M. won. Uh, also, he played relatively decent as well. 69 on Sunday. I'd have liked to seen it be a little better, but he finished eight at century tournament champion. So fits the whole narrative of having played the week before. And he was playing good in the fall swing. I mean, we're going back to October, but his finishes in October were first and ninth at the Shriners in the CJ cup. And his finish in November was a 19th at the Houston open. So Sung J M playing well, played well here before us played well at a comp course. I, all those reasons. I like Sung um just ahead of Mark Leishman. But I like those two guys cheaper. But if I'm being really honest with you, I'm going to tell you that I like the 8K tier so much. I don't know if I'm going to go into – like every lineup when I build 10, I don't know how often I go in the 10K tier. It, it won't be three or four times. It might be once or twice.
1: Hmm, okay. Um, has he played well at Heritage too? Because I know that's another short, tight course.
0: I wouldn't say that I know that uh, off the top of my head.
1: Wyndham's another one, uh, Mayakoba, um because what was that, Pat Kazire did that, where he won at Mayakoba and then won here, and then, then the Kutcher, uh caddy year, he went at Mayakoba, came back and won at Sony, so there apparently is some sort of, you know, another correlation there, Victor Hobb. Sung
0: J.M. has finished ninth and 6th the last two years at Wyndham.
1: Oh, okay. okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah. Short par 70s, I mean, that kind of fits. Okay. He's not in consideration for me, but probably for similar reasons as you. Um, There's actually just one other guy I like a little bit better than him around the same price. And I mean, if we're going to talk Wyndham, we're going to talk Heritage, we're going to talk all these short par 70s on Bermuda, I believe uh, you have your middle name after him.
0: Uh, Well, he and I have the same first name. He just goes by his middle name. James Frederick Webb Simpson. Uh, is, I believe, who you're talking about.
1: I am. Um, he just always fits on these courses. Um, course history, 4th, 3rd, 4th, 13th, 13, 13th. Past seven years, he's played six times. His worst finish is 13th. He's just ultra consistent. I know he did not have the best season a year ago, but even over the past 36 rounds, he still ranks top 10, Tina Green approach, opportunities Game and are better has nothing, uh, 54th is his worst stat in proximity from 150 to 175, and that's over 36 rounds, showed up a little bit in the, um, towards the end of the season, 7th at Wyndham, 12th at BMW, and then even in the fall, 14th at CJ Cup, 8th at RSM, you know, just, he fits the course narrative here, I don't think ten-five is a horrible price on him, I don't know what his price of the book is, it's probably a little too small for me to bet, but. I think, I think you're crazy for not least looking at Webb Simpson at a par 70.
0: I told you Leishman was my number
1: two.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm fading Webb this week. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll tell you the reason. Because he's the third highest price player, I prefer Webb when he's a little bit more of a discount. I like 9K Webb more than I like 10K Webb. Um, oh. I, I mean, I cannot... Argue that one, the comp courses, we know he's played well at besides he's played very well here. My reason to fade him and it was honestly, I didn't know the stat you said about only camp Smith being the, uh, a winner here that had not played the previous week for the last decade or half decade. But that was in my thought processes. I don't know what I'm making of Webb. Smitty just won the thing. Hideki looked pretty good for a little while. I've already told you the reasons I like Sung Jae and Leishman. That just kind of left Webb as the odd man out for me. Not in a negative, like, look, if he was in the 9Ks, he might be my favorite. But it's just kind of how we break him down. So that's what makes him my fade.
1: No, I get it. Um, Hideki's my fade. Um, that's cool. Just He's got some good finishes here in the past two years, 19th and 12th. But- really besides that hasn't done anything when I look history his irons are great here his putter ice cold so something about these greens he just cannot figure out and you know I think I heard he's like 20 to 1 at the book that's not a bad number in this field for Hideki just that putting scares me
0: i see 18 meanwhile Webb was 12 to 1 at the book oh. i go to but oh. doesn't always uh, coincide with what you see
1: oh that's 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 rough
0: Maybe my mom will be betting Webb. I don't know. I shouldn't. Oh. He shouldn't be my fade if he's if I'm if I'm going to have my mom bet him. We'll talk about that later. That'll be tomorrow's conversation. Are yes. you ready to take it to the nine Ks? Yes.
1: Yes. I was going to say though, Mrs. Adams also has some uh, very good. She's got a good history of betting.
0: She had Rom this week, so <laughs> I mean, at least she cashed uh mean, she hey.
1: basically made even money
0: on the top five that she put along with her win bet.
1: Hey, I mean you bet somebody who shoots what 3200 par and you don't win that's it's not a bad process that just you know it, it
0: wasn't a bad play well let's take it to the 9ks and we'll start with Kevin Nah he's 99 Abe anthers 97 Corey Connors 96 Harris English 93 Taylor Gooch 91 Skeeter a slim group here again just nine pl- or five players in 9K who is your favorite
1: yeah it might be with you I don't exactly have a love of this range. I might go back to Taylor Gooch, um, kind of, he didn't, I he was also in my lineup last week, I ended up 15th, but couldn't make a putt, one at RSM, so that kind of fits around, you know, this narrative, um, missed at Wyndham, just trying to look at some of the other ones he's had, um, missed at Valspar, didn't play, oh, didn't play in the month of March, anyway, but, he just—he's been playing pretty well. Ranks out pretty well over the over the you know anything from eight to hundred rounds. Uh, seventh T to green over past thirty-six round fourth in approach. Again, the putting, yeah, not great. The proximity, yeah, it's okay. So, but I think he's got the most. You know, I, I like his upside here at ninety-one hundred. I you know again, I, this might not be a range I spend a ton of time in, but he's one of two that stick out to me.
0: So I have Gooch as my second in this uh, tier. That's funny. Two uh, tiers in a row to start the season. Your favorite is my number two. Not a group, not a large group of players, so not that crazy. But Gooch is my number two. I'm actually going Harris English as my number one. Cool. Um, look, he didn't play great at the Tournament of Champions, but he was 14 under. I, honestly, that's just not that great there. Hero World Challenge, he was 14th, minus eight. Not great. He has not been great at the end of the year. I'm hoping that he's going to show a little turnaround because he's got a good course history here. And I'm going to believe in the fact that he had a great, I mean, he had a breakout season last year. He had some good vibes that started at the tournament of champions in Hawaii. So I'm hoping he has a good feel there. I don't like this tier a lot. So Harris English is my favorite, but I won't have like 50% exposure to him or anything like that.
1: No, the only other one I'm considering here is Corey Connors, you know, short, accurate hitter kind of fits in a little bit of this narrative. Decent history here, 39th, 3rd, and 12th. Um, just again, another one who kind of seems to fit the mold. Over 36 rounds, doesn't do anything spectacular. His proximity from 150 to 175 is bad. But everything else, Tita Green's good, is good, Birdie's are better. Proximity from 175 to 200, even his par 4s aren't bad. So, I just don't know if I want to pay 9,600 for him. That's I think that's my biggest knock on Corey Connors.
0: So you like Gooch Connors? I told you I liked English Gooch. Neither one of us on Kevin Nah who played good last weekend is the defending champ. Um, I think he, or no, he's not the defending champ. Excuse me, but he's played he pretty good here before. Yeah, good oh, he is the defending champ. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, because because I'm looking at Wyndham stats still. I'm an idiot because uh, <laughs> I switched over for that. No, I thought he was a defending champ. Neither officer on him though, huh? What's uh, what's your case? I just
1: wish he was a little bit cheaper. I mean, if I'm, if I'm... I'm at this price point. I think I'd rather go Leishman than Nah. Like, I think I just trust Le- I trust Leishman more. Nah probably has a bigger win equity, but I don't know. I just I trust Leishman a little bit more, I guess. So that's my only reason for it. I don't think Nah's go. a bad play. I mean, good proximity from 150 to 175, good putter, good par 4 player, good tee to green. I, I just think I prefer Leishman for 100 more.
0: That's fair. I just thought it was interesting that neither one of us were on him in this five-man tier when he's a defending champ who played good last week. And so I just thought I'd get your perspective. He was my number three behind the other guys. It was price for me. I'm fade-nabe answer. Uh, yeah. Didn't play great last week and doesn't play good here. Uh, those are my reasons. I assume you're in line with that.
1: Yeah, and he just hasn't done, he hasn't done a ton recently. Seventh set with the I guess that should be something I look at. Actually, he's played better than I thought. I'm thinking the miscut Shriners Northern Trust. So, I mean, he he's been playing fine. But, yeah, lost 6.4 t to green last week at Century. I know that doesn't always mean much. But, again, I'd just rather pay up for Leishman for 300 more or, you know, Corey Connors I think I'll like a little more at the same price point.
0: Fair enough for me. Ready to take it to the AK? Yep. I think it gets pretty good here. And it starts at Kevin Kisner, 8900 Billy Horschel's 87 Jason Kokrak, 86 Russ Henley, 85 Matt Jones, 84 Mad McNeely 83. EVR in that sweet stash 82. Seamus Power <laughs> 81. CH3, Cam Davis, both 8K even. Skeeter, who's your favorite?
1: Oh boy. Um, there's some names I'm in inter- you know are not ring out very well statistically, but I still might want to take a chance on. Look, I have a guy in this range. Do you know who my guy in this range is?
0: I mean, I know you uh, I I'm gonna say. Russell Henley. Correct. Okay. He's you know, actually I, my favorite in this tier. And I know you're a Henley guy, too. I am. Uh, but I know you're an EVR guy, so I was trying to pick one. Nah, it's it's Henley. He's my favorite in this tier, too, man.
1: I mean, I like EVR, um, but not as much as Henley, you know, overall, you know, from a my guy perspective. But, yeah, Henley, former winner here. I think he got his first win here. Second Tina green, first approach, first proximity from 150 to 175. 5th in opportunities gained, 4th in par force from 400 to 450. Again, it was usually with Russell Henley. It's the putter that can kind of worry him a little bit. But, yeah, 1 in 2013, 11th last year. Has some other top 20s in there. Just, he, he played, he had a solid year last year. I think I kept picking him, hoping he'd win something. Never came around. But, you know, played well this, you know, in the fall. 22nd RSM, 7th at Houston, 56th at Mayakoba. Like, he hasn't missed a cut since the Open. And even before that, his last, his only missed cuts, you know, past three, basically since May are the Open, Memorial, and Valspar. Everything else, approach numbers have been really good. Putter has kind of been hit or miss, but he's had some positive putting performances. And a tournament he's formerly won, eighty five hundred. I think that's a really nice price. I mean,
0: for all those same reasons, I'm right there with you on Russell Henley. Um, He's my favorite as well. I'm going to go with my number two in this tier, and again, I like a lot of plays in this tier. I'm, I think my number two is going to be Seamus Power. Oh, probably going to be price driven. Yeah, you like him? Good, good. I because uh, I I mean price driven. Why I maybe make him my number two over some other guys that cost a little more at 8100? It's beautiful. He's playing great to finish the year. I mean, he missed the cut at the Houston Open, but October a 21st and a 12th and 11th in November before that missed cut. He was T four at RSM, then he was fifteenth at Sony at the uh, tournament champ. Not Sony, excuse me, Century last week. I um, know oh, it's not that great. That's middle of the pack in that field, but he played last week. He's been playing good. So uh, Seamus Power at eighty one hundred. He's a guy I think. I think right now he's one of those names. I'm just going to ride him until it become either becomes too expensive or he starts to not uh, give me the, ben- the, the benefit of you know what I'm hoping to get out of uh, the play here.
1: Right. I mean, let's think about Seamus Power. He was you know come July. I think he was on the bubble for getting his tour card Then he won the Barbasol in a thrilling playoff that went like seven holes I remember watching that so the fact he's actually responded played well from there and hey in in a tournament of champions field where let's face it he's up against some golfers who are a little more established than him to finish 15th I don't see that as a negative for him
0: that's true. I think he was like 6,600 because he was one of my late guys that I got on last week Ooh, when I was nice. kind of going through the field. And uh, I, I ended up using a lot of him, KH Lee, which wasn't another a great way to start those lineups.
1: <laughs> but oh, yeah, uh, he was Cole one of the 6K so I guys no I got on. To, I got no room to... Should play Stewart Singh the first two days, apparently. Um, Yeah, no. With with power, 8th to green, first in the proximity from 400 to 450, 10th in par 5s, Good, very better, good approach guy. Doesn't really do a ton wrong. A100, I think, is a nice, balanced price. I can see him getting kind of popular, though, just because form has been good. And he's kind of in that middle price range. So he makes a nice third edition or fourth based on how you build your lineups.
0: Yeah, he fits in there pretty good at that price. So, um, and so Seamus Power is your number two as well, huh? Yep. All right, I can get down with that. Well, then who are we fading, or is there anyone else you want to highlight before we talk about who we're fading?
1: The only other guy I would highlight here, and the stats don't back it up, even though I thought he played well last week. What are you even finishing? Yeah, he finished eighth. Graham of putting related, but again, we're talking Wyndham, we're talking Heritage, we're talking these short courses. Isn't this Kevin Kisner time?
0: He's my number 3 and it was really close between him and Power and the reason I picked Power is because of the you know the $800 difference but I'm going to have a ton of Kisner this is an absolute Kisner course and he's playing well right now so absolutely dude I'm on you I'm on with him and if Georgia pulls off the national championship which I have no idea what's going on it's behind me um, I'd even like him more not really I don't think it would matter <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah I'm not sure there's a narrative of winning the college football playoff and No I'm just being well. a dummy I mean the score I mean I'm watching right now it's a late third quarter still nine six Alabama so not a obviously most people listening will know the results but hey we don't as we're recording
0: <laughs> all right well I'm with you on kids being my number three who are you fading out of this tier
1: um man is a weird fade after how well he played last week but I'm fading Matt Jones um see I mean I'm not gonna say it came out of nowhere I mean he did have an okay spurt, you know fall. Missed, you know, missed a couple of cuts to end the fall, but last week he gained six strokes putting, and I mean, he, he played really well, and nothing says that's going to continue over, I just, I don't know, he's, you know, I prefer Henley long term better than him, I like Sheamus better than him straight up right now, I just feel like last week might have been a little too outlierish.
0: I considered him as my fade too. So one thing we didn't really talk about, man, the Australians as a whole were absolutely awesome last week. Yes. Is there anything too like the Australians in Hawaii or is there, should I even be thinking about that? Cause I was thinking about Cam Davis. I'm like, well, dang, he's in this tier. He played pretty good last week too. Uh,
1: um, yeah, there might be. So I think it was Leishman who I caught an in interview of uh, might've been after the second or third round. And he was basically, you know, they brought something up about, you know, why do they enjoy playing Hawaii? Well, they're coming from Australia, so it's a little bit of a shorter trip for them. Granted, it's probably still pretty long, uh-huh. but also they're able to play at home right now, whereas everybody who's in, you know, Leishman said he, if he was at Virginia, you know, his home in Virginia Beach, he wouldn't be able to play because well, just not real good golf weather. So maybe it's just a combination the travel and then, you know, even if the winds pick up, you know, that's nothing they're they're not used to.
0: Interesting. All right. That's interesting. That may make me go overboard with Australians before this whole thing's over with. Let's hope not. Um, <laughs> I may, I mean, I, I didn't plan on using Smith considering his high price, but we'll see where it's at. I think I'm fading Jason co I know you talked about the fact that because he played poorly doesn't mean anything. He actually played well here a long time ago, 2014, 2015, his last two timeouts were a 47th in 2018 and a 56 last year. Um, and Kokrak did not play good at all last week. He was the fine, He was the last-place finisher. How often is seven under a bad finish? But it is a bad finish there. So I'm fading Kokrak based on just what I saw last week. It could be a, a bad choice. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I, he burned me, so I, I get the sentiment.
0: We'll go to 7Ks. We won't read through them all, but I do think there's uh, much, uh, much unlike last week. I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to say that. In fact, I'm sure it's not, but very much unlike last week. It was, uh, uh, this is a full field of players. So, Skeeter, is there a name or two that rings out to you as a favorite? And uh, I know I got a couple guys that are both James Adams guys and guys that I'm looking forward to playing this week.
1: So I don't have anybody who's a favorite yet. I mean, there's someone I'm going to have to eliminate here at some point. Um, yeah, I don't have a favorite. I have a lot of guys I like, a lot of guys I need to investigate a little bit more into. I guess if you're going to make me pick a favorite, and I think, let me pull up my course history. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, I thought he had a couple really good finishes here. He's boomer bust, 7,600 Tom Hoagie. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a third and 12th here. He also has two missed cuts. That's his past four years, so who knows what you're going to get out of Tom Hoagie, but that's, again, nothing new for him. Uh, You know, had a good playoff, PGA Tour playoff. What did he do in the fall? I feel like I used it a little bit in the fall. Yeah, I think he had his RSM, moments nice fourth. Yeah, there you
0: go. 17th at Zozo.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, had a nice fall, playing well, getting strokes and approach, which is always his thing. Very good score, very good tee-to-green approach. Putting is the only issue here. Good par-5 player. But 7,600, you know, I don't mind at this point, you know, at this price, finding somebody who has some top-20 upside. And Hoagie certainly has that.
0: I'm going to go at the top of the board here. Um, There's two guys that I really like at the top of the board. So I I guess I'll make one my favorite over the other. And I'll go with Brennan Steele, a guy who has a very good history here, has a good history at the Honda, has uh, been a shaky as of late. I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing. But when I use Brendan Steele, he usually comes through for me. So second at Zozo, 17 at Sanderson Farms, going back way back into the fall. Look, he missed the cut at Shriners, wasn't good at Mayakoba, really wasn't good at RSM. That's kind of what Brendan Steele does. He's good sometimes. He's terrible sometimes. This is a course he plays good good at. Um, and he plays good at some of the comp courses as well. It's a shorter course, which makes sense for him. Uh, give me some Brandon Steele, Brendan Steele here.
1: Yeah, I think he was in the lead last year for a lot of the tournament, wasn't he? And then I think Nah caught him.
0: Very possible. I think he finished second here or fourth here. One of the two he's got, I think those are his last two finishes as I'm scrambling to, to, to find them here. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I guess he was
0: fourth last year and second the year before. So yeah, very good finishes here. Okay. I'm um, also going to tell you, I, I think my number two is probably Ryan Palmer, a guy who oh, was, one of your guys. yeah, well, he's a, a Ryan Palmer guy and he plays really good here too. Uh, and coming down the stretch last year, not not great, but he missed the cut at the Shriners. 44th, 27th, and 26th, respectively, at Zozo, Mayakoba, and Houston. So if I got like a 25 from Ryan Palmer at 7,800, I'd want a little more, but I think that I could get a little more from him here on a course where he's played well.
1: Yeah, I think it was two years ago. I think he missed on a playoff. I think he hit one out of bounds on 18, where they couldn't find it. I kind of remember watching that live, so...
0: It makes sense. He was fourth here two years ago. He won this thing all the way back in 2010.
1: Okay. Oh, I forgot he won. Okay. Um, so Who else uh, ha- got... Oops, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you
0: exactly where you're going. Who else you like over here?
1: All right, so I have a few. Um, Aaron Rye had a really good finish to the fall. 15th at Miami, County, 19th at Houston, 16th at RSM. Good approach numbers. He's somebody I want to dig into a little bit more. Uh, Joel Dahman... Play, I mean, he fits the narrative of playing last week. Was 28th, missed a lot of strokes around the green and a lot of putting. So, you know, he, he can score a little bit. I think he plays well in Bermuda. I would love to play Keegan Bradley. He rates out well statistically, but, you know, I just can't trust Keegan or putting. But um, speaking of not being able to trust putting, but I guess he's a little bit better. a little bit of hit or miss. 7,400, Chez Reedy jumps out. Again, short courses. I always like him there. He does have a third, and eighth, and an eighteenth uh, in his history. Past two years, he's since out
0: since though, brother. He's one of the. Uh, he was one of the withdrawals.
1: Oh, is he Oh. Yeah,
0: because I'm with you. This is kind of a Reevee course. In fact, I think when we get to the six Ks, one of the replacements. I'm not sure if it's exactly his replacement. Might fit the bill too, and uh, in, in him. But yeah, in the seven Ks, uh-huh. the guys that are out are Reeve and Merritt and Herbert and Higo. Oh
1: boy. Sorry, sorry, Fancy National didn't have him out. Oh, Hago too. That's all right, buddy. Oh, Palmetto and Canary Islands. I mean, there might be some correlation there. Oh, that's okay. And um, I
0: was thinking the South African uh, played, you know, is is up to up to snuff in his playing practices because it's warm there. But it doesn't matter now.
1: Oh darn. Um, <laughs> I mean, and Greelo's always up there for ball striking, but um,
0: he's on my list.
1: The only other guy, and this is a pure course history play, would be Brian Stewart. Three top 10s, only one missed cut since 2014. I don't know if I ever, you know, I I don't know if i get him right on his good weeks. I usually play him against like T-44, something like that. But So from a pure course history play, he kind of stood out for me from that regard.
0: Um, I like Brennan Steele. What about Brennan Todd? Uh Brendan Todd. A yeah. short course. That's kind of his MO. He's never dominated this place, but he's had a 20th and a 21st in the last decade.
1: a okay. Which I think he's won Mayacoba too before, hasn't he?
0: Uh that yeah, probably, because didn't he win Mayacoba on his that, three in a row?
1: No, he won Bermuda in OHL, so that's right. There was a Oh, that's my bad. They switched some of these coastal courses around. But yeah, I mean Short course does fit Brendan Todd. Um, yeah, I hadn't been doing much. Tenth at w- Tenth at Wyndham last year. Okay, so he's hitting some of these comp courses. Hey, that's an interesting name.
0: Eh, about what about Zach Johnson, who has dominated this course and yeah. is a shorter hitter? I mean, this is a Zach Johnson course. I know he's kind of old at this point, but
1: I mean, he has his course that he likes. You know, RSM's another one. Of course, he. You know what my favorite course of his that uh, you know he he's hasn't played yet, but um, it's yeah. near and dear to your heart. Oh, oh, oh there's the funds. We <laughs> I mean, had to get one in since you know your boy uh, Charlie isn't playing this week. Um,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll get to him eventually.
1: Hey, I got one of my guys in six K playing, which I was shocked and was playing and thrilled. I'm not sure I'm playing him, but um, uh, yeah, Zach like Johnson just hasn't done much. Or, like, the second half of the season last year and even the fall. Like, I get it. Good good history here. But I don't think I'm going to Zach.
0: Fair enough. Just some of the guys that I was looking at that I thought kind of stood out. Patton Kazire's in this tier, too, at yeah. 7,300.
1: I feel like I've used him a lot in the fall. Or was it late late regular season?
0: I hope it was late regular season because this fall was not good.
1: Yeah, it was not. No, it must have it been the summer. Summer towards the playoffs. Okay.
0: Any uh any other good plays before you tell me who we're fading in seven k?
1: No, I don't think everybody anybody else. Mm-hmm. And
0: by the way, I was on. I don't know if you heard me. I, I'm with you on Aaron Wright too. I, I he's okay. one of my favorites in this tier. So, um, but but uh, who are you fading?
1: I guess Chess Reeve now since he's withdrawn. Um, <laughs> oh, that breaks my heart. Um, Matt Coocher. I know he's won here before, and he kind of fits this you know short course narrative type, but just. There was a little stretch, I think, even in a fall. I mean, he was okay in a fall with, you know, a couple of plays, you know, thirty fifths in that range, but I just, I think there's a higher upside to use in this range.
0: Fair enough. I can get down with that. Uh, I'm going to fade my boy Russell Knox. I guess uh, you know. maybe I shouldn't because his one decent finish lately has been uh, the T12 at uh, Bermuda. I'm just thinking back to, like, our league last year, and I was just never even using him at the end. When do we start I'll that fade-
1: again, by the way?
0: Should be starting uh, in a month or so, I'm guessing. I got a text from our boy Rob about setting that draft up, so um, just making sure I was in, seeing if I had anybody else in. So I'm guessing in around a month.
1: Okay, because I'm ready for that one again.
0: I am too. Of course, I was kind of starting my uh, my draft prep today, but uh, that's that's going to take some uh, that's going to take some time. We got to see we got to see how people round into form as we watch this this weekend. Um, are we ready to take this to the final tier, the six Ks? Yep. All right, I see some names that I like in here. You said there's some names you like. I'll start with you. Who's your favorite in the six guy?
1: Again, I, I the word favorite here I think is maybe a little um a little generous, but oh, boy, I no, can't use him. Hudson Swafford. Maybe this is maybe I am I confusing Hudson Swafford with Pat Kazire? No, see?
0: Hudson Swafford has a killer course history here. Is a great course history.
1: I think I used him a lot in the spring or in the fall where he's like 7K or even the high sixes and kept making cuts, finishing like T33 or whatever. So good approach numbers.
0: Here, check this out. This is his course history. I'll start most recently in 2021 where he's played every year going back to 2014. Yep. 25, 57, 3rd, 54th, 13th, 9th, missed cuts, 8th. Hudson Swaffer plays very well here. Two of his worst finishes have been in the last four years, but he plays well here.
1: Yeah, but that's okay. I can live with that one. He, he made the yeah, he made the cut, which in the six K's is tasty. I mean, good opportunities, good burgers are better, so I like the scoring ability from him. Proximity from 150 to 175, not great. Average putter, not the best part of part fives, but approach numbers are good, so I can take my chances on that.
0: I'm with you. I think my favorite. I just got to go at the top at 6,900. Why wouldn't I? It's Rory Sabatini, Silver Sabs. Hopefully, Skeeter, hopefully, he gets that little piece of of plastic off of his three wood and doesn't play with it and get himself disqualified like he did (laughs) at the RSM. But other than that, that. yeah, because I'm looking at this finish. I'm like, 156? He literally was dead last. I'm like, oh, he didn't play. Oh, that's right. He had that. Uh, he had that a like, piece of a like piece of tape on his driver head or three wood head basically that is used to measure like swing optics and stuff before you swing swing trajectory and stuff. Yep. Um, I can't imagine it was helping him perform better, but at any rate, I certainly hope he's removed it. But you know, I got to go with some silver sabs up there at sixty nine hundred.
1: Missed the cut at Maya Coba, was tenth at Wyndham the last year, third at Shriners. Boy, he's either been.
0: Great or terrible, and I'm yeah. fine with that from a guy in the six K's brother. This
1: compound metal, travelers, Rocky more John Deere, goes wins a silver, tenth at Wynnum, miss at Sanderson, third at Fronters, missed at Mayakoba. Oh man. That's your range of outcomes right there.
0: And he's been uh he's been getting plenty of uh plenty of practice in his warm weather home of Oh, that's right. He doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> oh, I get way too much enjoyment out of that silly little thing
1: those multiple homes he just changes residency
0: that's fair um but yeah I'm gonna go with Silver Sams there's a couple other James Adams favorites in here uh, I want to play Harry Higgs but I'll be honest with you he's been playing uh or his, his course history here is really bad I'm not sure if that matters with him um it might get me off of him a little uh you know who plays some short courses uh pretty well a fellow who may or may not have won Wyndham recently all the way down at 6500. Uh, Jim Herman, who who by the way should have been invited to this year's tournament of champions since he had to withdraw last year due to COVID. So he should have got an invite this year. Champion or not. Harris English won it last year and wasn't a champion. I'm I'm whatever.
1: I mean, maybe maybe the maybe the uh, tournament of champions would have granted him if Cincinnati had beaten Alabama. Maybe they're just a bunch of Alabama homers, but uh
0: <sighs> probably. It was a Justin Thomas thing, I'm sure
1: yeah no kidding
0: um. <laughs> but honestly at sixty five hundred I'm gonna give you know I'm giving Jim Herman a taste in this one this week
1: yeah, well, I can't I can't at the same price justify my guy Ryan Moore or Jim Furyk, who I swing like. sixty um, six hundred Illinois guy Nick Hardy had a top twenty here last year. Good, good, gives himself plenty of opportunities to score. He's probably the same name, but this is again for that reason I kind of look at. Um, Hank Leviota is an extreme boomer bust. He's been bad recently, but boy, when he plays well, he can he can top ten, so kind of mm-hmm. getting yourself into. Um and then and then I have a guy. My guy. I was thrilled when I saw he was in the lineup. Recently, seconds, granted it was a Chinese tour event. But hey, it's rounding into four I think he had a top twenty L for Dunhill. Sixty two hundred. I'm throwing him in the lineup. It's my guy Hal Tong Lee. Let's go. I was
0: look I, I was looking at that and I was like how long ago is that Alfred Dunhill because I saw that decent finish in his name too. Um I'm not going to I'm not going to uh I'm not going to hate you for that. I can tell you a guy I'm going to throw in a lineup. I think he's at 6100. That's Brian Gay. Oh, course. He plays no, short 100. courses good, right? 6100. This is definitely a Brian Gay uh potential course here. In fact, I think he's played well here before too. And uh the short course guy that I Thought I got, might give a chance to as well who got put in this tournament. I think from, I don't know if it was Ches's withdrawal or, or whose withdrawal it was, but uh, Ryan Armour gets added late into the field. Maybe this is a short course for Ryan Armour to do some oh, damage at the yeah. uh, cheap 6Ks too. Actually,
1: there's a guy at 6K I don't hate. Like, I, Dewey looking... Vanderbilt. <laughs> no, no. no I'll go I love Corn... that name. I'll go with Corn Fairy Tour graduate Paul Barjon. Okay. 42nd at Fortinet, 39th at Sanderson. He missed at Houston RSM, but he didn't miss by much. His his irons have not been great, but I don't know. that. I mean, for a guy who's just off the corn fairy, who has not put up awful performances, 6K, that seems a little too cheap for him.
0: Let me ask you a dumb question that maybe doesn't have any relevance to this, but a guy like him versus a seasoned vet, taking a trip to Hawaii this time of year, Who are you more worried to be lackadaisical and on vacation versus focused and trying to win?
1: The veteran.
0: You're more worried about the veteran being lackadaisical and on vacation? Yes. Okay, that's cool. Like, I don't really know where my uh, thought is on that. That's probably something I could answer now and change my thought on later.
1: Like, Barjon is hungry because, you know, he's just newly on the tour. Whereas somebody like Wes Bryan, who, you know, has a win on tour... I'm not saying that he's not motivated, but, you know, he might be more of a, yeah, whatever. Or I get you. Somebody like a no. um, Satoshi Kodaira. That's
0: fair. That's fair. I was just curious your opinion on that because I don't – I don't, honestly don't know that I have an opinion. Um, if somebody asked me mine real quick, I'd tell them yours because that's the only one I've thought of so far. <laughs> but, uh, sure. no, I was just curious because I, I, that is, you know, just one of them things to think about as we sit here in the freezing cold Midwest. Um, any other players that
1: tickle your fancy in six K? Not yet.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't think I've got anybody else that I'm in love with. I see Pat Perez, Seb Straka, guys that oh. I've enjoyed. Graham McDowell, Peter Malnati has actually played pretty good here. Names I might consider if I'm getting dirt cheap, but I, I can't say that I'm giving them the stamp of approval just yet.
1: I mean, if you really want to play silly narratives, you could go with the uh, the Woo Combine, the, the Woo Double Brandon and Dylan.
0: I mean, if I'm looking for uh, another lineup to fill out and I can't play the same guys again, uh, last week that would have been good because I was running out of options to try and get to my 10 lineups. I think I played nine. I was like, ah, there's not a 10th. I wish I would have tried that
1: last week, Skeeter. What's the Ric Flair narrative? The woo. All
0: right. Fair enough. Um, I got nothing more (sighs) for that. Uh, absolutely nothing more for that. I, at this point, the only thing I can ask you is, can you give me a name? You're fading in these six K. Oh, teams.
1: absolutely. Um, let's look here. What is the last time Martin trainer made a cut? Poor guy.
0: I don't know. Oh, that. he
1: was fifth at Houston. Oh,
0: <laughs> there you go. Very recently.
1: Boy, how's this for, how's this for, you know, he, he's only made two cuts since the Valero. I'm sorry, that's right, the Charlie Hoffman Invitational, oh, sorry. This is, you this know is so how
0: funny. salty I got watching Jordan Spieth play golf this weekend <laughs> thinking about how that was Charlie Hoffman's butt. Like uncontrollably mad. Not uncontrollably, that's not true, but like irrationally mad is probably the better way to put it. Yes. Irrationally mad at Jordan Spieth. Every time I'd see him, like, you don't deserve to be here. Even though he did, he beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, you were saying. I think
1: one minute about that. But, no, um, Martin Trader's made two cuts since the Charlie Hoffman Invitational slash Valero. 50th at 3M, 5th at Houston. Actually, that 5th at Houston might carry him for a while. He's, you know, that should set him up well to potentially make the playoffs.
0: So, if you pick him in the right week, you're in for a good finish, but you better get the right week.
1: Yeah, um, I think he does play coastal courses decently well, too. 47th, Miss cut 73rd, but I'm not playing him.
0: I honestly, I want to tell you I'm going to fade Lucas Glover because he's on the ban list, but he's probably a better play this week than Harry Higgs. So I love me some Harry Higgs, but I think he's actually my fade this week. He hasn't played good here. That's fair. Anything else from the DFS side here? No. Well, Skeeter, I think it's time we get back into the world of one and done. Oh, yay. And who, may I ask, do you think about playing in a week like this? Is this a – and I don't. you don't necessarily have to give me a name, but is this a week where you go, okay, Webb Simpson plays great here, but he hasn't played lately, so maybe I just go with Sung Jae or Mark Leishman. Would you dare go down the board to open the season and try to get cute early? Like nope. what is a overall approach to the week one, one-and-done selection?
1: Yeah, Webb's actually not a bad pick. The problem is – I mean – Everybody's going to save him for Wyndham or Heritage heritage or maybe even um, Wells Fargo. No, not Wells Fargo. That's...
0: Uh, waste I Management, can't... right?
1: Yeah. That's Probably guy.
0: wouldn't. There's other. I don't know that I would use him there, even though I know he won there. But
1: I mean, I, I always save Hideki for Waste Management. But, uh... That's fair. Yeah, I think this is one where you don't get too cute. Um, Actually, Cam Smith would be an interesting one to see where people are at with him. like coming off the wind or are they afraid to play him back to
0: back in Hawaii I am I'm staying away from him I mean I'm definitely afraid to play him here in on DraftKings one and done I suppose I could take him I bet you I don't though I mean the first name I clicked in was Leishman that's fair I haven't I've yet to click one in that's fair uh Leishman makes sense uh, Sungjae is my favorite in 10k plus I feel like Sungjae is just the way I'm going this week way played but that doesn't mean I'll stick with it
1: like, I don't think I'm going Russell Henley or Seamus Power as much as I like them. Um, yeah. I think it's getting a little too cute. So I'm probably sticking towards the top of the board with one of these 10 or 9K guys. And for me I was right going
0: to say, to a reference point, you're staying north of 9K, right? Yes. Okay, I think I am too. I think it doesn't make any sense to try and get cute. Uh, I'm not cute, and it's way too early to try and get cute when, it's, when we're all even, right?
1: That's what, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this will be the closest to first I'll be all year, by the way, is tied for first, <laughs> going into the
0: first event. I like to think of it as you're tied for last, Skeeter. But that's, you know, that's, well, not that's neither here well, there.
1: Except I'll be closer to last most weeks, so that's why i gotta <laughs> I got to think optimistically here and say I'll be, this is the closest to first I'll be.
0: Oh, fair enough, brother. Um, anything else to, to uh, talk about wildlife here in the Sony Open before we uh, wrap up episode one of the season?
1: No, just nice that golf is back.
0: Oh my goodness. Did I enjoy watching golf so much? And I'm not even gonna lie to you, dude. At one point, I'm cause I have on Saturday, I've got the computer open with golf channel on the computer and I'm watching chiefs, uh, uh Broncos. And of course, if the chiefs lose, the Bengals still had a chance to get the number one seed that, you know, move up in the rankings, get the buy, which they already were sitting burrow, but I still thought they had a chance to beat Cleveland, whatever, a lot on the line for my beloved Bengals. And yet still I was like, Really dialed into that that beautiful scene at Kapalua. I just couldn't take my eyes off of it.
1: I know. That's a bucket list course I want to play.
0: I already was talking to uh, to uh, the young lady. She don't like that other phrase. The young lady about potentially <laughs> making a uh, trip out there if one Charlie Hoffman or Jim Herman or even Matt Wolf is playing in it. Um, so it's, it's certainly, I think a few years ago when we were on the coronavirus break and we did, uh, one of our topics was like, Destinations, oh yeah! uh, Golf tournaments, like both of us immediately were like Kapalua. Yes. Yeah, so I'm with you, man. But I look forward to more ocean views at Wailea this week, my friend.
1: Same here. It's you know, it'll be nice and warm. So definitely ready for it.
0: Hopefully, I'll be watching, thinking about where the Bengals will be playing in week two of the playoffs while I cash another winning ticket on Sunday. Um, and hopefully you'll be cashing a win or two, my buddy.
1: Yeah, no, I'm rooting for your Bengals.
0: Yes, sir. All right,
1: well, with that, we'll uh we'll step aside
0: for the first time this year. We appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate you, Skeeter, for Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix, DFS Golf Podcast.